Hello everyone, uh, welcome back to the layman's channel. Uh, my name's Martin and once again today I'll be uh, leading you in the Bible study that we're doing at the moment, uh, which is concentrating on the times when Jesus said, I am in the New Testament. So before we get into it, um, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we wanna thank you for the way that you're leading us through the scriptures. But we wanna thank you that you are speaking to us, Lord God, through these studies and encouraging us and helping us to see the way to go, Lord God, where we follow you for the rest of our lives. Lord, we wanna thank you that you do have our best interests at heart. But Lord God, everything you've done, everything you are doing and everything you are about to do is for our benefit and for your glory. So Lord, as we open up the scriptures again, I pray right now in Jesus' name that they will become a lamp to our feet and a word to our path. That Lord God, that um, the study that we do and the words that we read don't just tickle our ears, Lord God, or um, just become an intellectual uh, thing that we do, Lord God, but rather I pray that these words sink down into our spirits and into our hearts, Lord God, where they make a real difference to who we really are down there. Lord, may the entrance of your word bring light to everyone. And Lord, once again, I come before you and humble myself and say, Lord God, fulfill the word that you have promised to me, where you said that you would enhance my lips, sorry, that you would anoint my lips to enhance the kingdom of God, and that, Lord God, that you would use me as a conduit. So, Lord God, ad majorum de gloriam, for the greater glory of God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're continuing our look at the times in Scripture when Jesus said the words, I am. Today, I'm going to take up from where we left off last week when we looked at the verses in John 10 when Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd. Previously, we discovered that the Good Shepherd was descended from a nation whose founders were shepherds, and that his direct ancestor was the king who started out in life looking after his father's sheep, David. We also understood that the shepherd's primary role is in looking after the safety and well-being of his sheep, and that sheep are vulnerable and need to be protected from predators who come looking for an easy meal. We saw that sheep are pretty stupid and have a preponderance for wandering off and getting themselves into some serious trouble. But we also saw that the good shepherd is the one who comes to the rescue and takes you back to the safety of the flock. I'd like to now turn our attention to what the good shepherd does for the sheep under his care. So I asked you last week if you could possibly prepare by reading Psalm 23. We'll read Psalm 23 right now. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me 
in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Now, um, you might have already heard some of the things I am uh, about to say about this psalm. And that's okay. Just use this to reinforce the truth that you've already received from the Lord. And I think it's always good to be reminded of the things God has done, is doing and will do in our lives. When we look at Psalm 23, we see that David makes an awesome statement with the first five words of the psalm when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I think you'll agree that uh, David probably knew what he was talking about here. As a shepherd himself, he could see the ways that the Lord was working in his life that mirrored David's own role as a shepherd. In everything that happened to David, whether good things or bad, the Lord was demonstrating that he could provide for and protect him all the days of his life. That nothing would happen to him that the Lord couldn't handle on his behalf. And that when you put your complete and total trust in the Good Shepherd, then you can rest in the knowledge that there is nothing that he cannot handle on your behalf. The second thing David says is something that I think that some parts of the modern church have misrepresented to mean something entirely different. And those words are these, I shall not want. The Hebrew word here is chosa. It is used several times in scripture to also mean things like to fail, to decrease, or to be made lower, or to lack. Whatever your interpretation of the word may be, if you have implicit trust in the Good Shepherd, you can apply that to the specific situation you find yourself in. For example, if you are in need, you could say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. If you're worried about a test or an examination, you could say this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not fail. I think you get where I'm going with this. The next three phases of this psalm tell us that there are times in our lives when the Good Shepherd will lead us into a place of rest, refreshment and tranquility. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Have you ever gone to a place of natural beauty where when you get there, all the worries and stresses that the world puts upon you and which you carry around with you just melt away? We are so blessed where we live here in the UK because where we live, we are only a five minute walk away from a river which have a, has a nice river walk alongside it. And we are also only a 15 minute walk away from the cliff top and beach near the ocean. 
And even when we're in the Philippines, you can often find me chilling out on the balcony of our condo, watching the sunset and listening to the birds as they sing in the mango tree in our neighbour's backyard. Those are the places that I call my green pastures. I like that phrase, he makes me to lie down, as it reminds me of the time in my life when the Lord had to do something drastic to make me slow down and chill out. I can remember there was a time when I was working for the Royal Mail and um, I was doing the night shift at the time and at the start of the week I, I, I just felt the Lord say that you need to take some time off. You need to have a break. Go up and ask for a week off. But me, I'm, I, I tend to be, when I'm in work, I tend to be a little bit of a workaholic and I do like to carry on. And I just dismissed it because, uh, you know, I didn't want to um, take a vacation on, on false pretenses. But anyway, within a couple of days, what happened? I suddenly got a bug. And in the middle of the night at work, I started throwing up. And I was sent home. And I think the Lord was telling me, you needed a rest. You needed to chill out. And God had to make me lie down. The good shepherd made me lie down. I had to have a rest. He did the same kind of thing to the nation of Israel when he took them into captivity in Babylon for 70 years. Because for 490 years previously, they totally ignored his commandment to give the land a year to rest after six years of sowing and reaping. He told them this. It was already in their law. He said in Leviticus 25 verses 3 to 5, For six years sow your fields. And for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what, do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. But Israel didn't listen to the Lord their God and the Lord had to intervene so that the land would be refreshed. Every single one of us needs to spend time in the green pastures for it's there that the Lord can speak to us through his word. It's in those times where the word comes alive and burns within our hearts. Jeremiah knew this because he said in Jeremiah 20 verse 9 that his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was re weary of holding it back and I could not. It's in those times, those times when we are in green pastures that we need to feast upon the word of God. That we need to feast upon him and his presence. Because he wants us time to give us time of refreshing so that we can we can build ourselves up to go and face what's coming next. It's in those times when we understand the words Jesus spoke when he was being tempted by the devil, when he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. All of us need to be led 
by the Lord to a verdant place from time to time where he makes us lie down in green pastures so that we can learn from the abundance of his word. For it is there in the word of God that you will also find refreshment. Psalm 19 and verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. He says again in Jeremiah 31 and verse 25, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Have you ever been out for a while and when you near home start to crave for a nice cool glass of water? Sometimes our spirits are the same, but we either don't recognise it or we ignore it. Maybe you need to listen to your spirit and heed the call of the Good Shepherd who will lead you to a place near still waters where your soul is restored. And I tell you this, from personal experience, you're going to need it. Because the journey ahead is not going to be easy. Because the next phrases I'd like to highlight are these. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Humanly speaking, this is a pretty scary part of the psalm. All of us like to think that we are invincible and take no thought to the fact that one day we all have to be led into the valley of the shadow of death. It forces us to think about our own mortality. And it's a valley that I have been through several times in recent history, mostly in the last 11 years. For those of you who don't know, I had my first journey through the Valley of the Shadow of Death in August 2010, when I was rushed into hospital after vomiting a lot of blood. To be honest with you, my surviving this bleed was touch and go for a day or so, as the medical team couldn't find a way to stop the bleeding that was going on inside me. And there was a time just before they sedated me when I distinctly remember putting my life in the safe hands of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. And thanks to the prayers of the saints and the implementation by the doctors of modern technology, my life was spared. And the Good Shepherd led me through the valley. If you're interested in finding out more about my story and about my journeys through the Valley of the Shadow of Death, you can subscribe freely to my Substack newsletter. It only requires you to sign up via email. Um, it's called The Body is a Temple of God, and I'll leave the link in the description below for those of you interested in, in reading more about the way that the Lord led me through those bad times. One of the things that's interesting to note about my brushes with death is that I felt no fear. I knew that the Good Shepherd knew what he was doing as he was leading me through the valley of the shadow of death. I knew that if I trusted in him, that he would bring me out on the other side.
the words of Isaiah 43 come to mind and again these are one of my favourite passages of scriptures and they still are a great comfort to me it says do not fear for I have redeemed you I have called you by name you are mine when you pass through the waters I'll be with you and when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you when you walk through the fire you will not be burned the flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel there's something about knowing with certainty that God has your back that brings you some comfort when the Israelites were escaping Egypt they came to a place where there was an uncrossable sea in front of them and Egypt's army wanting revenge behind them it's what we call being caught between a rock and a hard place or another phrase is they were cast out of the frying pan and into the fire. But God gave Moses words of comfort for the Israelites when he told him in Exodus 14 and verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And Israel passed through the valley of the shadow of death unscathed and their enemies were destroyed. Just in the same way that the Israelites must have felt in knowing the shepherd would protect them in the valley carved out of the sea. Our confidence should be in the Lord, our shepherd, who fights for us and leads us through our own valleys. For our shepherd has a rod and a staff to comfort us. Now we all know what a staff is, don't we? It's basically a tall and thick stick which, uh, with a hook on the end. Uh, which the shepherd mostly uses for balance. But it can also be used to hook the sheep out of places where they might be stuck. It can also be used to hook predators that might come and see if there's an easy lunch to be had. But what is a rod? The Hebrew word is shebet. It's described as a short stick that's used as a weapon. You can imagine an ancient shepherd hooking a predator with his staff and beating the living daylights out of it with his rod. That is why your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I know that the Lord has weapons that will make me safe. Always remember when you're going through the trials of life that the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still that he has the weapons in his hands that will bring you into victory and that's exactly what lies beyond the valley of the shadow of death victory you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup runs over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever when Job was undergoing his own testing as he traversed the valley of the shadow of death, he knew that there would eventually be a way out. For he said in Job 23, But the Lord knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. And I'm telling you that when we too finally emerge through the shadows and into the light, we see that the Lord our shepherd has prepared a feast for us. 
not just so that we can feast in our own presence. He sets the table right under the nose of our enemy. This reminds me of the time when Joseph said to his brothers in Genesis 50 and verse 20, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is to this day, to save many people's lives. That's the very reason why Joseph was put through the things he was put through. While he was put into the pit, put into slavery, thrown into prison. Because even as he was going through those valleys, God was preparing him to save lives. To save lives. Just think about that as you go through your own valleys of the shadow of death, as you go through your own difficulties and trials, that God meant it for good and he will bring you out. We have to be confident that whatever the trials he leads us through, that God will use it for our good and for his glory. So to summarise today, remember to always use the opportunity of the times of refreshing when the Good Shepherd leads you to green pastures and still waters. For they will keep you going in times when he leads you through the valley of the shadow of death. And remember, when you pass through the valley, you do so under the protection of the Lord who fights for you. Be comforted that those times will come to an end where you'll find a feast awaiting you. And above all else, remind yourself that being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. The Lord bless you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his shalom. Thank you once again for listening. Amen.